I have a couple of things that I have ideas to talk about. Cool. Well, we haven't recorded in a couple of weeks, so there's a bunch of just back stuff. Um, it seemed relevant two weeks ago to talk about all the conferences canceled, but when I was editing the last podcast, you did bring it up, so maybe we can like skip it. Yeah. Um, the new iPad Pro. Yeah, we have to talk about that. Um, I can't wait. There is a chance that I would actually... I'm actually going to maybe go to it. Yes. Okay, let's save it for the episode. The Pixabook Go that I have. Yes. Pink. Between... Uh, so Slack did a redesign, but on another note of Slack is they had 12 and a half million simultaneous users. Yeah, I saw the, the threat by the guy. There was also... CEO guy. Yeah, Stuart. There was also um, the largest day in teleconferencing history was Whoa. that first day when I believe it was San Francisco that did the whole um, shelter in place. So it like made all tech employees work at home. Mm-hmm. And the guy who I, I guess worked on WebRTS was talking about it on Twitter. But I'm sure we've broken that record since then. Yeah. Or are we going to break it in the future for sure? That same day, um, Microsoft Teams went down. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> everyone was using it. Owen and I started a little conversation on our like private channel in Discord about um, esports mm-hmm. and how um, I, you know I thought this might be huge for esports because a lot of traditional sports are being like yeah I've heard like you- that there okay. was like a lot of sim racing now going on. Oh really? Yeah. Because um, I, you know, I thought it would be huge for esports, but he was also making the point that esports are often played in like big venues in person. True, but then with like sim racing, I guess you don't have to. Yeah. So that same time, Microsoft Teams, that same week where they went down, that um, that week they saw forty percent growth, even with the outage. What the actual fuck? Um. I thought no one was using Microsoft Teams, to be honest. Um, I think a lot of the companies that would have used it were companies that were like, well, everyone's in our office. And so I think it's a lot of companies that are doing remote work for the first time, if I were to guess. But I don't know. Microsoft Teams is a good alternative to Slack if you're not a Slack company. Um, So I also want to talk about, since we're talking about the iPad Pro, we should talk about Adobe Illustrator for the iPad. Um, Adobe's starting to roll out some beta user access. Um, a mobile carrier in Germany uh, made the, like, you know, in the iPhone where it shows you the name of the carrier? They made theirs hashtag stay home, which I thought was good. And then. Maybe we can also talk about um, national emergency systems that people are using. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Maybe that uh, could also be for a future episode. But um, yeah. I'm kind of disappointed how little they seem to be using it. Yeah, it, it's almost like the governments like think that if they do less, then they'll have less impact. But it's like quite the opposite. I feel like the more a government does now, the less they have to do in the future. And the more people are saved and the more the economy is saved, seems to be what they're all worried about. It's kind of bizarre. We uh, We should so not be worried about the economy right now. Honestly, no, it doesn't make any sense. I get it because like it's all we know and it's all what we had, you know, for su- such a long time. 
But um, the the whole Americans going wild because maybe our grandparents need to die for the Dow Jones. It's just it fucking it's insane. It's so stupid. Well, it's weird because it's so short sighted. They're like. Well, if we let a bunch of people die, then everyone can get back to work sooner. And it's like, well, if no. millions of people die, then those people aren't going to go back to work. Exactly. So it's like super dumb. Anyway, we could complain about America for a whole episode. I never realized how dramatic Americans are. Very. Very dramatic. Extremely yeah. dramatic. I've... Yeah. Um, uh, Logitech Brio, the 4K... Um, webcams that they sell are sold out literally everywhere yep um i guess we could tie that into our zoom conversation uh airbnb is kind of falling apart yo airbnb is really falling apart there is this yeah. one company here in amsterdam that like we may, we should pop, talk about it late, this later but like i'm kind of excited about this part yeah me too i i think that we're already seeing evidence that airbnbs were on the market instead of rental units yes in places like amsterdam yes. and dublin it's all of a sudden people can find affordable apartments all of a sudden yes and it's like okay well this kind of proves it like we needed more regulation around airbnbs because there were all these houses being used for it and not houses for people that actually live here yeah so all these yeah that was exactly the point i was gonna make like all these houses are now surfacing for some reason. Yeah. Um, and they're all like, thousand euros for this place. Only one year. Yeah. Which is way cheaper than apartments currently available. Yeah. Previously. Absolutely. In um, really good spots too. Mm-hmm. But it's because apparently some of these people have 10 mortgages. Yeah. I saw that. That's the that, uh, Twitter thread of the guy who had 10 apartments on airbnb and now he has to pay mortgages for him without any income from airbnb and it's real stupid yeah i was gonna say what like i mean so dumb it's so dumb uh and then when we talk about the ipad i guess we could also talk about uh, podcast software because uh we are currently using anchor to record this now anchor has always had a record feature for podcasts but they added it so you can call a friend and talk. And that's pretty much how we record. So yeah. that's what we're doing right now. Um, it is missing a couple features that I would like, but it is also just released this week. So we are testing it and we are still running Squadcast on separate devices backup. Yeah. Just in case. So if the audio quality of this episode is a little lower, it might be because the anchor recording didn't save. Uh, we'll find out. I'm realizing I, I muted my uh, squat cast. I should not do that because now it's recording. Not the microphone. Yeah, exactly. Oh, but okay. Well, hope- I found out about it now. So yeah, we'll we'll lose the pre-show in that case, but not the whole thing. Right. If there's no pre-show, it's because of Anchor. We can blame Anchor. <laughs> we'll be fine, though. We'll be fine. Um, I should have wrote, written all that stuff down because now... Well, let's just jump into it. Yes. Do you, are, um, are we drinking? Yes or no? Hey, you're listening to Charge Tech Podcast, episode 134. A podcast that looks at tech and how it's shaping the world around us. 
I'm one of your hosts, Zach Grosser, and joining me today is... Pevene Kamati. Yay! It's just the two of us this time. Just the two of Owen. us. Owen is busy, and we had didn't record last week because Owen was busy, so... <laughs> no, I was busy, so, I think. It was my birth. Oh, we could talk about that. Oh, yeah, um, damn. I ha- we had our first, like, online birthday party. Yeah, so I uh, had planned a champagne and poker party um, for a couple friends in Amsterdam, and I had just gotten, like, five bottles of champagne and 300 real legit ceramic poker chips. Damn. They're awesome. But I got them in right as we were starting to isolate and quarantine. And so within a couple of days, I realized that, like, this was going to be a long time thing. And we were not going to be hanging out in groups. And at the time when I ordered all that stuff, it was not on the radar at all, really, for me. And so um, I had, like, a couple days of just being, like, bummed about it. And then I realized that if we did a digital birthday party where people dialed in i could have friends from everywhere join so um i set up a whereby room and put the link to it in my close friends on instagram and we had a great time Uh, i stayed on a video call for like probably six hours we just drank too. and we hung out and everyone could drink whatever they wanted, whatever they had. It was a BYOB party, which I thought was funny. Um, I really liked it because I, f- I, I met new people on it, on the call. Yeah. Like people that I've never like that. I've obviously heard about, but like, and I never met because some of them live re- really far away. And uh, like, I even met someone who is basically my neighbor, which is also really funny. Oh my god! Um, but um, yeah, I don't know if I've ever like met anyone online like that, other than in video games, maybe. But that feels different. <laughs> yeah, I I think it was like making the best of the situation, but it had a lot of benefits. So yeah, I don't know. I had fun. Maybe in, in the future, I'll have online parties, even when we can congregate in person again. Yeah, it was really nice, but like something like this would only work if everyone's in the same situation, which is right. why this is super great now. But I can imagine in the future, like, there's not much else you can do at night, right? <laughs> like, I find myself just like video calling with friends all the fucking time, and we don't even have anything to say to each other because we video yep. call every day and nothing is happening in our lives. So we. <laughs> We literally have nothing to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that was uh, a fun experience, I guess. That was, th- and... But that was also really nice about it. Like, there was loads to talk about on your party. Like, I don't know. It, right. it just never stopped. Like, it was never boring. It was always just, like... It's also because, like, new people and different time zones as well, which was really fun. Yeah. I'm really glad uh, you enjoyed it because I had a great time, but obviously it was all people I loved. So it was good. 10 out of 10 would do again. Yeah, same. I'm going to keep using house party too. We started a little group of friends started using house party. So that's been a cool way to just like 
randomly hang out with people throughout the day as if you could like run into somebody at the grocery store, you know, which is a thing that happens here. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, it really feels well, like that. Actually, I've been using it a lot. Yeah. And sometimes I, I feel a little bit, I don't know how, you, how do you feel about this? What are the etiquettes around like budging into a call or something? Because sometimes I feel a little bit shy to be like, hello, <laughs> it's me. Yeah, for people that don't know, like, House Party, you can be online. You can see other people. When you open the app or the Chrome extension, you could see other people online. And let's say Freddie and Owen were chatting already. I could see that they're in a room together, and I can join. I can just pop in. And so for me, like, I've been in calls with other people, and people I don't know just jump in. Like, like and- my friend Nick. Yeah, that I got to meet. Yeah. And I, I, that's not necessarily my style, I think. I think if I opened it and saw it, it was like you and Owen, I would join without question. Yeah. I wouldn't message first. I would just pop in. Exactly. Now, for people that think that this is weird, there is a lock button. So you can lock a room. Yeah. So if you are having a conversation you don't want people to jump in on. That's okay, But too. still, I would not use it for, like, sexting or anything. Because, like, it feels oddly, no. like... Um, public. Yes, it feels public. Yeah. Yeah, it would not would not. But yeah, how funny is it that, like, a digital product like that can feel public? Right? Yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah, anyway, uh, yeah, for me, etiquette is... I, if I know everybody... Yeah. Or at least know of. So, like, we have a friend, Dave, that lives in New Zealand. Yeah. And he's one of Owen's friends. Like, I I don't know Dave. But, like, I hung out with Dave in House Party because, like, I know Dave from the Slack group that we all share. And so I was like, well, I know of Dave and we've chatted in Slack. So, like, now we're House Party friends and that's fine. So I I would join that. Yeah. But... If it's someone, if it's a name, I just don't know that person. I would definitely. Not I do join. like that. Um, they also do this thing where if you join a group and there is people in there that you don't know, it will give a pop up before you join, saying there might be people in this group that you don't know. Oh, cool! I like yeah, that. Yeah, me too. And then you see their name too, like this person's there too. That's cool. Yeah. Well, speaking of video chatting platforms, let's talk about Zoom. Let's talk about Zoom. Oh, my God. Zoom is such a piece of trash company, but also, damn, their video software works well. I hate how this keeps happening. Um, Like, everybody in Europe uses WhatsApp, and we all know how shit Facebook is. But everyone's like, yeah, but everyone has it. Yeah. And it, I can't believe we have a new one of these. Like, Zoom is like, schools are using them. People are using them to hang out with their friends. People are using them socially. It's not just, like, a corporate enterprise software anymore. Um, I did see, I can't, I didn't read the article, so I apologize. So just, like, quote headlines. But I did see that Zoom's stock was uh, held in the stock market because it was moving so much. Interesting. Yeah, I can imagine. Because, like, that's a really easy... Um, mind um, path to go on, right? Where you where you're like, ah, I'm using this software all of a sudden a lot. Mm, 
stock market. So is everybody. Stock market's yeah. kind of crashing. Maybe Zoom would be interesting. Well, I, I read a great thread because that's the thought process I had of like, oh, everyone's using Zoom, so they must be making more money. But people pay a monthly amount per user if they're using it, it paid at all. The more time you use it is less money they make. Yeah, right? and It's like Netflix. If you use Netflix once a month, they make a ton of money off yeah. of you. If you watch Netflix four hours a day, 30 days yeah. a month, you lose them yeah. money. And so, yeah, like it really is going to depend on if Zoom can maintain the users once people start working in offices again. Yeah, so I think the answer to that is simple and it's no, but it will be an insane promo for them because a lot of people get to use them for the first time and the next time they need software like that, in a corporate environment, they will probably think of Zoom at least. Right. Uh, yeah. So I think it's definitely a good thing for them. Um, and also, I mean, they give everyone free minutes now, which is great. So they, they are not bugging yeah. you with like, please pay us, which is really good. And I also, uh, they do kind of like whine about it. They're not like, of course it's free. You, This is vital now. They're like, we're so amazing. You're giving a ring. <laughs> and I'm like, that, the copy there was a bit odd too. But like, I guess like things have rapidly changed in the world. And I, I assume that it's not on purpose. But like, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was nice. But then I also know that they are some sort of evil company. And they can track every fucking move you do on your computer when you're calling. And apparently the person that's hosting the call can also see what you're doing. It depends on what tier they pay for. You have to pay for the top uh, tier the to be able to see if you're not in focus. Well, I think... Like, uh, I don't mean, like, visual focus. Yeah. I mean, like, the yeah, app yeah, yeah, yeah. is not... The Zoom app is not in focus. It'd be like, this person's on Facebook. Yeah, he's doing something else. Well, I mean, I understand that that is something people want, but I don't think that's an ethical thing to even want to give people the power of knowing or doing. I think that's highly unethical. I also think it's highly unethical. Um, you should not offer features like that, and especially not for extra money. Yeah. Well, and you mentioned the privacy aspect. That's one of it. But do you want to talk about the other things that they're bad yes. at? <laughs> so, like, if... I can't remember if it was Android, iOS, or both, but one of them, um, they have the... Uh, Facebook SDK yeah. in there and so Facebook gathers data about you using Zoom even if you don't have a Facebook Yeah, that's account. what I saw too. Um, there was obviously last year when we found out that um, it was installing a server on yeah. your Mac if you installed Zoom without asking you or telling you and it was a huge security uh, uh, risk yeah. so much so that Apple removed it from Yeah, computers. they were like, let's not do this. Yeah, so Zoom has a bad track record. Their privacy policy is very much not clear. Yeah. yeah. Um, they share all your data with Facebook if you're on your phone. <laughs> Did you see the Q&A where they were in, in their own website? Like the question was, yeah. do you guys sell my data to other companies? And the answer started with, depends on how you see the word sell or like how, what? Yeah. <laughs> There was <laughs> it depends on what you think sell means. It depends on what your data do you think your data is. 
Anyway, I, I, on the on the flip side though, I love Zoom because you can have the wonky background, which is really funny. See, that's but like it's no, exactly, it. it's definitely it's not, not worth, worth it. it. It's like such a dumb thing. But then I do have a bunch of really cool backgrounds for Zoom, if I'm honest. Um, but then I was also afraid because um, my therapist's office also does zoom calls now that's the way they operate um and i was a little bit afraid that i would like enter my zoom call with my therapist with my the office background (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 (laughs) although that would have been funny she i don't know (laughs) but yeah i for me zoom is something that i would never um how do you say it um proposed to use but i've Mm. noticed that in a lot of professional settings with clients and also with my therapist it's their uh, pick and it's what they use so i I mean i kind of cannot escape it in that way because obviously it could be like oh no let's use this but like i also don't want to be the person that introduces 10 different apps you know right yeah that's that's a definitely a problem it's different, I think. So, like, my social life, I was recently introduced to House Party, yeah. right? And so it's like, okay, another app. That's fine. For work, though, like, I feel really lucky that I set most of my meetings. Um, I have, I use Front App for my email. And there's, like, a scheduler link built in. So someone can click on the link, and they go to a page, and it has my availability. And then they can yeah. book a meeting on my calendar. And um, I've I've set that up so that whereby is the default location. So when they book, it's using the platform of my choice. And so I feel lucky in that I haven't had a Zoom call since I got my new computer because uh, I don't nice. have Zoom installed. That's nice. Still, yeah. It hasn't happened yet. Yeah. 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 I mean, at this point, like, maybe I should say, like, hey, can I prefer something else. But at this point, I'm just yeah. like... Let's not make this weird, a hard or weird or whatever. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm also not really fond of Skype, for instance. So, like, I I don't love Skype. It's I'll Skype with my dad because that's what he yeah. wants to use, and that's the only person I talk yeah. to on Skype. But yeah, I'm I used to be like, can't we all just get on one app? And I kind of gave up, and now it's Fine. like, yeah. I have nine or ten messaging apps on my phone and now i've got all these video chat apps and it's it's kind of like whatever (laughs) i just wish that like we as a collective could all pick a platform to make popular and use that wasn't so shitty about their privacy policy and their data retention policy and sharing their information with facebook it's just like why can't we have like a, a good company every once in a while take up yeah hold of our collective use yeah um for people that work in companies don't forget that slack has video calling yeah i actually quite love uh slack building uh video call it's good it's the audio quality is i think probably the best really platforms i think the audio the video quality has always been a little janky at least when i've used it um i haven't used it too lately but the audio quality on Slack calls, I think, is yeah. incredible. Like, really, really, really good. 
Yeah, yeah, maybe you're right. But it only works for people in your Slack. So if you're, but I do having meetings with people outside your company. It's I do definitely difficult. have um, that I'm in like the Slack group with my clients, and then we still use Zoom. Maybe in that right. case, I can be like, "Hey, yeah. let's use uh, Slack instead because we're already there." I do yeah. love that in Slack you can also see what kind of you can have like plugins, so you can see what kind of meeting someone's in. I love yeah. Slack plugins. Oh, we should talk about Speaking Slack. Of, sure. Slack just got to redesign. I don't think I've had um, it yet. I have it. So I have here. Let me pull this up. I have nine Slack teams in in my computer Slack. Um, that I keep, and I'd say five of the nine have oh. the update. I'm on a Chromebook; it's WebView, and so clicking between them is weird and jarring because they're not all updated, and so the interface changes when I switch teams. I have like ten Slack groups, and I think I have it in none. Oh, it's weird. Maybe oh, try the I have web it in one. and see. I have it in one. Nice, interesting. So yeah, I I don't know. Um, They've got this new compose button, so you can start with the message rather than the location. So for people that don't use Slack, it's like you find the channel or the direct message or whatever that you want to post into, and then you type. And now there's a big compose button in the top left, and you could start with that. You can be like, I'm going to write a message siloed, sort of like an inbox. It looks um, really good. This is the first time I see it, by the way, while we're podcasting. <laughs> live. Doing it live. I do think it's going to take a little bit to get used to the, the compose box to the bottom of the screen. They move stuff around. So like the yeah. attachment button for attaching files is on the opposite side it used to be. And that's just going to take a little getting used to for me because like yeah. muscle memory. But overall, I'm super pleased with it. And as like a paying Slack admin, I think that like all the stuff that I have access to changing and all the plug-in stuff. Really nice. Really and nice I like that you can uh, have drafts there, too. Um, because one yeah. of the things that I always want is to be able to respond to a message when I think it's convenient, but not to mm-hmm. immediately send it sometimes. Because sometimes I am having good thoughts about something and I'm writing it down, but I still don't want to send it like after seven because I don't want to give my clients the idea that I'm always working. There is nights that I'm working late, but like I don't want them to think that is like something they can ask from me. So I try to keep that as separated as possible. So the idea of me being able to write a draft saving it and then in the morning sending it I like is that. nice yeah i try to keep office hours when it comes to emails and slack messages too um sure if something is like some shit is hitting some fan of course i'm gonna be responding but like that's almost n- never um so that looks really yeah. nice but for the rest of it it looks quite similar to what it was before it's little changes Ooh, there's the there's a cool there's like new pages yeah, the people page is really good, and so is the files page. I think the files page might have existed, but I just don't know that it was yeah. in a place where I knew how to get to it. And it's so helpful because I work with my clients in Slack a ton, and it's all about sharing files around. And after a day or two, you know, there's so many new messages that they're gone pretty much. 
And so it's nice to be able to go in and see. Yeah, files, and there, there's also now an app tab. Yeah, so you used to have to go up to your settings, like your profile, and go to the Slack webpage to yeah. browse all the apps. This is so. At least yeah, that this was makes my understanding. So much more sense. Maybe these were just. It, that's either the case, or that stuff was there. Someone's like listening to this and screaming, and that stuff was there the whole time, but it wasn't. No, I, don't I don't think. think so. Yeah. Findable, easily findable. I mentioned my yes. computer. Do you want to talk about that? And yes. then we can talk about iPads. So I finally got my not pink Pixelbook Go. It took too much. I really wish that Google would just sell this laptop yeah, in because mainland Europe. There is no like actual way to get them now, is there? Like order from a shop and get it at your house. And that's interesting no. because no. it used and to be the same with the Pixel phone. It's my understanding you still can't buy a Pixel oh, phone. Oh, really? Damn. Yeah. Yeah, so there is some can't... illegitimate resale. Illegitimate. I guess it's legitimate, but yes. like it's reselling, yes. basically. Some guy drives to like Germany, buys can... a bunch, and resells them here. Yeah. I mean, I've, yeah, I could take the train to Berlin and buy at the media market at the train station. Yeah. And come right back. You can also order Pixel phones. Not, I don't know if they're the most recent generation. I think they're the previous generation on Amazon and then have them shipped and pay the ah. import tax. So that's what ended up happening. I sent, uh, so I got the top end, the $1,400 Pixel book. It is a little really? on the buggy side. It is a new device. But I still feel like the OG Pixel Book was a little less. It mm-hmm. was a little bit more stable. But I, I'm not worried about it. I feel like they, other than this past week, I don't know if you saw, there's like a whole version of Chrome that they kind of booted because they they have like a consistent yeah. release schedule for Chrome and Chrome OS. And because of, I think, people working from home at Google, it caused like enough disruption that they booted a whole version. But there's new Chrome OS versions like every week or two. And there's it's they're very consistently like fixing problems. So I'm not too worried. But I have yes. a four K display. And is it, um Is it a screen? It is, yeah. Um it's one of really? the nicest screens I've ever seen. The only thing that even comes close to comparing is my iPad Pro. Like it, my 13 inch MacBook Pro can which is interesting on this display because this display like I always incredible. thought the MacBook uh, displays are very good, even like compared to my yeah. Surface, which is a very new device. Like the yeah. MacBook screens are way nicer. Um, but that's really interesting to hear. I can't wait to like see it in real life. It will take some time before yeah. we we'll get there, but like. I know. Yeah. I definitely love it, but because of Google not selling it here, I ended up spending nearly $600 to get this computer. So a $1,400 computer became... Yeah, and it's hard to return if you wanted to. it's... I couldn't... Yeah, there's no way. And I also, like, if it should have broken, I don't know what I would have done. But for me, worth it. If... I were recommending it to somebody else, maybe in the Netherlands, I'd be like, it's not yeah. worth all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But if you're it. in the US or um, a Canada or any other country that actually sells it, for sure. Yeah. 
I also don't know what model to recommend to other people. I really wanted the 4K because yeah. I want to play Stadia on it. One thing that I found out... So there's display scaling on every platform, right? And the 100% out of the box was not right for me. So I put it to 90% and it was right for me. But whenever I full screened Stadia or Netflix, you know how there's like RGB values? All of the like, maybe the G, all the green was like at a 75 degree angle. And so it was just like all, it was really fucked up. And so I couldn't watch anything or play any games. I eventually figured it out it was the scaling. It took me like a whole day. But at 80% or at 100%, it was fine. It's just the 90%. I don't know. Something was broken. Yeah, that sounds like a math problem. (laughs) But yeah, now I'm at 80% scale and it's perfect. So I'm I'm fine with it. Also, the Android apps. So you can run Android on Chromebooks. The Android apps, uh, some of them kind of run away with the battery life. Because so when you're on your phone, no matter the platform... You, you have one app open at a time, right? Like, I don't know about iPhones, but on Android, you can split screen yeah. and do two apps at once. No, but I never, I never. You can't do that, that on iPhones, by the way. But if I have, if I have an Android app like Spotify open and the, it's, it stays kind of open, right? Cause it's like, it's a window yeah. with many other windows open. And so I think it's like kind of uses its full power the whole time I have Spotify open. So that, that's been killing my battery life is whenever I have Spotify open the Android app or um, even the Kindle app. I have the Kindle app and I sometimes read books. Oh, on that's my a really good idea. Chromebook. And yeah, really good. But yeah, other than that, great. The battery life is insane. Um, and it's pink, which is what I really want. It's wanted. so cute. Pink like computer. I haven't seen it in real life, but like the photos I've seen are so good. Like the pink is perfect. It would be super cute to have like green accessories with it or something. Like a forest green or something. Ooh, oh, I like that. Gosh. Uh the keyboard is yeah. literally incredible. It's they call they branded it Hush Keys and it's one of the Interesting. nicest keyboards I've ever typed on. Oh, also Owen was talking about this. Um, you know, everyone had talked about how it's magnesium body. Yeah with a coating on it. They put a coating on it. And Owen said that, I think it was Owen, so a lot of YouTubers as well mm-hmm. said it made it feel kind of plastic, even though it was a magnesium. I would say it's closer Whoa. to a ceramic feeling. Kind Interesting. But like, I feel like magnesium as a material on computers and stuff also already feels a little bit different than metal or like al- aluminum. Aluminum? Yeah. Aluminium. Aluminium. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. It definitely feels different, but it's super light because yeah, magnesium exactly. is lighter than aluminum. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing it in, in real life when whenever we can uh, go on with uh, some type of IRL yeah. life again. Who knows when? Yeah. Like, I think it's nice that we haven't really talked too much about the, the, the stupid virus so far. But um, man, I am glad that we are going through this with the internet Right. I can't imagine what this would be like without. Yeah. But also it would have been like, it's been a real challenge for the government to get people to stay in. But I feel everywhere because like, for instance, the, one of the first cases of coronavirus in some sort of, in some city in the U S the guy had to be kept in his house with police force. 
I saw that. People yeah. have no idea how serious this can be for people. And not only old people, but also young people. And the fact that we can read about it and like stay connected is so important. It's also very important to not over uh, over consume any media about it because that's what's happening to me sometimes. And it will make me go kind of crazy. Um, but it's also weird mm -hmm. because sometimes you kind of forget it's going on. You know, for me, my life hasn't changed that much from how it was before. Of course it has. And of course it feels all very different. But like there is moments during the day where I, I kind of forget about it. Right. And then because of, of like the way that we're connected is really nice to like keep an idea of what's going on. So I think this week for the first time this week or last week for the first time, our government sent like one of those um, SOS messages. I thought it was so good that I did that and I could not believe I hadn't done it before because I don't know, like I think most countries have some sort of emergency service text service, but here in the Netherlands is quite new. It's some, yeah, it's something that we haven't oh, had really? for a long time. So um, what we do in the Netherlands, I think that is kind of unique is um, the first Monday of the month will uh, have um, all the um, emergency texts will do a test. And so does also the alarm. Lift alarm? It's yeah, always I trending it on lunch Twitter alarm. when it happens. Because it means it's Monday <laughs> and we need to go to lunch because it's 12. Um, yeah, no, I wish we could go to lunch. Me too. It's the little things that. that you miss, right? Like, like I it's don't mind working things, from yeah. home so much, but like if, if there is no treat of going to the wine bar like at some point in two weeks, like it gets kind of sad. Yeah. I do want to say and acknowledge our privilege. If yeah. We were already working from home. I we know. have the ability to work from home with our jobs. I can't I imagine know. people that don't have that. And I'm sure there's a thousand angry people listening yeah. to this podcast with children that are like, what do you mean this is fine and you forget? Like, th yeah. it's really like changed people's lives yeah. in extreme ways. So I think we're very I'm privileged extremely privileged. And, I, and I, like, I'm, sometimes I even feel privileged by the fact that I live in an apartment by myself, you know? Right. Yeah. Some people are with roommates and I can't imagine what that would feel like if, because I'm sure even a little thing like someone that's not a great roommate at doing the dishes will yeah. be amplified in these times, become more yeah, confrontational or what if, even. What about if you have a roommate that keeps sleeping around or, while you're like trying to not get the coronavirus? Yeah. Someone yeah. That doesn't so, listen. Oh my God. Um, but also like um, people that live with their partners, like I've seen and heard a lot of people complain and bring up the fact that um, it's just too much exposure to each other and you just get a little cabin fever and shit. My partner and I, our last apartment in Berkeley was a studio. We shared um, a single room together. And I can't right. imagine being in this situation. I mean, like, it was our, it was, we did a really good job but of like, it. I think, like, I think yeah, we did a really good job, but, not, like, in this yeah, situation. It's not, it's not meant to be like that, you know? Like, I think you can, I think you can definitely make it work yeah. um, in a day-to-day -day setting because I've, I've lived in a studio, basically an attic here in Amsterdam. It was like 21 square meter, including bathroom. The, the kitchen felt like we were fucking camping. Oh my God. It was trash. 
Um, it was a beautiful location, beautiful house, but like it's a lot to ask from two people <laughs> to live in such a small space. But indeed, like, oh my god, yeah. I would go fucking crazy. You cannot have a private conversation in there on the phone, for instance, with anyone. Right. Yeah, we used yeah. to do that in the like bathroom. Like someone would go in the bathroom and try and. But this is a very real situation for a lot of people. I feel like holy shit. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, heart goes out to the people. Yeah, I hope that that we all find ways to like kind of deal with stuff. I do feel, and we're recording this on. It is the twenty seventh of March. Yes, March. And yes. Which means I think I have been working <laughs> from home for three weeks now. Yeah, but right, my studio space is being renovated. Space, right? So um, at the beginning of the month, I already spent a week at home. And then the whole work at home, if you can, thing popped off. So I feel like I've been kind of getting into the groove now. Like I'm kind of used to what like the limits are of my life. Because that, that was the big thing in the mm. beginning that made me very sad. Like kind of grieving my freedom um and now i'm getting kind of used to the walls around me and like how to work and how to get stuff done and um i'm so incredibly lucky to still be working i'm not sure what that's going to be like in a week but we'll see then but yeah i would uh, would not know how to do this without the internet although how do you feel about slack nowadays with like friend groups and stuff like that, because I feel it's extremely overwhelming all of a sudden. I don't really have a lot with friends anymore. They're mostly like yeah. either communities or work stuff. I mean, there's a lot of group chats going on still, but um, a lot of the yeah. communication I've been having with friends is like one-on-one. Someone Which just is like, way hey, better in, because or, like um, the, the types of like uh, groups and stuff, like they just drive me crazy because there's so many people having so many emotions at the same time. <laughs> yeah i mean we're going yeah. through like collective trauma yeah i right saw now, someone really uh posting or asking somewhere are are we all trauma been binding now <laughs> like together collectively Oof. fucking hell yeah it's uh maybe yeah i don't know i um am really excited to see what kind of new things will spring from this um when it comes to tech because um i think the last recession was one of the times where a lot of new companies happened one of them is uber one of them is airbnb like loads of those uh, companies started happening when the previous recession hit and we're gonna we're we're gonna hit we're yeah in a way we're in a really special time right because a lot of people are losing their job which is the worst possible scenario uh, the economy is kind of like not really in a great spot, but it also means a very hard understatement. <laughs> but it also means that there is um, um, we need to think along new lines. We need to think in other ways about the same stuff, and we we're also all getting like a collective reality check. For instance, there is like a store around the corner from here, yeah. and they sell like cat toys. And I'm like, do we actually? actually need stuff like that you know i've been thinking about that a lot because there's there's whole there's like a whole industry in central amsterdam that was stores specifically for tourists it's like the nutella shops and the government already was like 
trying to get those to leave because it no, was like no, people no. that if live you in the city are don't go there. Living in Amsterdam doesn't even matter if you're from here, if you're Dutch or not, you won't go there. Maybe to go buy something for, I don't know, like I think I bought some stuff in a tourist shop once when I went to Japan as like little gifts. Yeah, yeah. I- I've done that at the train station, buying like a yeah, exactly a thing to take to the states as like a a souvenir. But for the most part, like I think some some tourist focused businesses they were already trying to close down, and so this might just like accelerate that. Um, and to your point, yeah. we can sort of look at that on the internet scale of like these large companies that maybe like kind of needed to. Yeah, like Airbnb, put, like we put in place a little bit. Like you can really tell in our city of Amsterdam that something is going on, and people who are Airbnb hosts they are freaking out, and it's really interesting because all the turds are starting to f- to float, basically. <laughs> and I hope that we'll be able to like get rid of those and at least put them back in the actual renting market, you know. Because the renting market here in Amsterdam is going crazy. I think in the last five years, um, rent has gone up by at least 500 euros. It's a huge when I, difference. Uh, got my apartment here in Amsterdam in 2015. I got an apartment that I thought was too expensive and I actually wanted to, to pay less, but that was not possible anymore. And that's, that's still, the same rule is still in place. Although it's now for apartments that are like 400 to 600 euros more than the apartment that I already thought was expensive in 2015. Oh my God. How? Right. You know? And it's because like Airbnb hosts can just make so much more money when Uh, they put it on Airbnb. Um, Because if there is an event going on, for instance, ADA is prime time, then the shittiest fucking apartment gets rented out for 500 euros for three days or something. Like, that is easy cash. Like, I know people that will go and sleep at their parents for a couple of days to do that, which is fair enough because that's just an individual renting out their own apartment. Yeah. Right. For just a couple of days. That's the kind of survival of Airbnb I want to see is, like, how it was originally intended of, like, you using it sparingly. And all the cities like Amsterdam have passed laws where it's like you can only rent your apartment yes but Airbnb has like not worked together with the governments to actually get that in place because people quickly find out that if you like if you take your ad down and put a new one on the fucking cap resets right yeah it's like it's bad it's bad yeah obviously Airbnb didn't want to do that they wanted there to be a loophole and everything but yeah, if if you yeah. dive into something like that a little bit deeper than just like surface level, then you would see what's going on. And I think this um, this crisis is going on right now is kind of showing that. But I also don't understand like there is this story about this person that has ten mortgages on apartments that they're renting out, right? And I just really wonder like what were they thinking mm-hmm. like. A website or a business can always fall over and then you would still be like a mortgage is not really a couple of years thing that's like a fucking 10 to 20 year commitment or longer like how, right. what the fuck i think whole books are going to be written about just 
the this period of time for Airbnb yeah. and, and it's interesting timing i really and... really 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 wonder yeah. what it's gonna be like um it, they, they made it this way in the netherlands and i saw also in the uk hopefully they will do the same in the us where it's uh, impossible to get ev- evicted right now um because that would only nice. make people uh, homeless and where you cannot where be on the streets anymore <laughs> right um, I want to jump back to Slack real quick because we talked about this during the pre-show, but just in case that didn't yeah. make it uh, through the recording. Um, oh, yeah. So Stuart Butterfield is the CEO of Slack, and he tweeted out on um, uh, what day is this? Yeah. March 26th. So yesterday. So Tuesday last week. Yeah, we, we should so probably this link whole thread it in the show notes. The state of business. Um, I'll link at the show notes. So they recently had their um, their earnings uh, like two weeks ago, but things are changing so fast they have to keep revising the numbers, right? And so Tuesday last week, uh, they passed 10 million Damn. simultaneous connected users. Six days later, 10.5 million. Then 11 million. The next day, 11.5 million. This Monday, 12 million. Today, so yesterday, which is Thursday... 12.5 million. So to go from 10 million users to 12.5 million users in like 10 days, less than 10 days. That is crazy. Days, is crazy. And we also talked about Microsoft Teams uh, in the, the pre-show, just in case that doesn't make it in. Microsoft Teams is also saw 40% user growth last week. Even with that Monday, they had an outage and Microsoft right. Teams was down for most of the day. So crazy amount of growth in online yeah, activity tool I, usage. It is expected, is but it's expected also exciting. You know, like I think we, we touched on this last time we talked too, where I was like, I really hope that we will finally, finally, finally get an actual grip on what it means to work remote. Uh, I mean, everyone's getting some sort of little trial yeah. period right now, although I'm not sure how little and how trial is going to be because... I don't know, but like I do feel like we're kind of like in the yeah. first steps of a dare phase right now, where everything is still a little bit weird. We can walk, we can do the work, we can feel okay-ish, but people are still really distracted because I mean, a pandemic is going on, um, and we're kind of like insecure still about our first little steps. But I I hope like in the next couple of weeks, months, we'll start running. And it's going to feel really good um, working remote because um, obviously I am used to working from home. But um, as a person that always basically works remote for their clients, I've seen such a huge difference between all remote teams and semi-remote teams, which is not remote, by the way, ever, because they just forget about you and i feel so yeah. much more included now with all my clients and um, it's just yeah it's just it feels uh heartwarming in a way too um which is such a good experience yeah um yeah i mean obviously i chose to be a freelancer and everything but um yeah i don't know i i feel that remote working could be such an interesting way to uh, walk into the future maybe not everyone needs or wants to be remote but like at least for it to be an option and for all of us to have like basically some field training 
in this topic is so it's going to be so well welcoming yeah. welcoming welcomed i don't know it's going to be so good i would say i would say to everybody that this is your first time working from home for a long period of time or working remotely yeah. or especially if you're a manager and you're working with a remote team don't just yes. think about remote think about asynchronous because if you expect everybody to reply to chats right away, like it's, it's not the same. Like uh, we're going to move to a distributed workforce. If this, if any, if even a small percentage of companies that have gone full remote right now, stay remote. Yeah. They're going to start hiring people all over the world because they can, it's unlocks for them all of the talent instead of the talent within a 15 kilometer radius of their headquarters. So, don't just focus on online versus in person, like focus exactly. on online and it doesn't matter what time people work, especially if you're a manager. Cause you have to consider that your employees yeah. might have kids at home that they're now. Teaching. Yeah. It's a whole different ball you know, game. And like, that's also a whole different what thing. I think it's interesting because like the way we're doing remote right now is remote hard mode. Like we didn't get to think about it that much. Most of us like have some sort of situation that they're not used to. A lot of people are working from their like couches, weird places. I've seen people on ironing boards. A lot of people have children running around. Right. Um, like, yeah. There's exactly. Also a pandemic Can you imagine? They have to like have anxiety about. No, it's not, not normal. At all. This isn't normal work from home. Like it's. Even for even for people, I've been seeing lots of tweets. Even for people yeah. that have been remote, working exactly. from home for ten years, are not getting anything done right now because we're living through a really hard time. So also don't exactly. necessarily like tie um, this experience. I mean, it, to what I've it's seen like. some people make artwork around like it's okay to not be productive right now. I want to say it's okay to not be productive right now. Um, I like we all try to, but Absolutely. like it's really hard. Um, but what I'm trying to, the point I was trying to make is like, I think we're doing working from home hardcore mode now, like in the hardest fucking mode ever. So if life yes. turns back to normal a little bit and all the kids go back to school and we all have desks and like pro setups because now <laughs> we've been working like that for a while, um, then this is going to be so even more enjoyable, more enjoyable. No, it's going to be enjoyable then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, um, if you've never worked remotely or from home before, um, because of the isolation, the self-isolation and quarantine, you don't get the benefit of getting to try working from a cafe or a co-work space or a bar. It's so much fun to like be in, it can be so much fun to be in a public space yeah. with some friends. And what about like getting a really working nice remotely? lunch somewhere? Yeah, 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 like having a lunch out at a restaurant and then working from there for the rest of the afternoon and then yep. having a four o'clock beer and kind of winding down. And it's just, yeah, that's, that's like a huge benefit of working remotely or for home or for yourself that you don't get to take advantage of right now. So also yeah. like look forward to that. Hopefully. Okay. Yeah. Oh, but I want to talk about something that we're really excited about. So just to jump back real quick, I have the pixel go and I sort of changed my setup a little bit. So I was running with um, a Chromebox on my desk and the Samsung space monitor was my whole setup. 
And then I have this cool Logitech keyboard that's got channels. So you can pair three devices with it and then you can toggle between them. And so what I've done now is I have the Pixelbook Go front and center. To the left of that is my Logitech keyboard and it's got a stand on the Mm -hmm. back of it. So you can slot in a tablet or your phone. And so it holds up my phone and my tablet, which is my iPad 11 inch, my iPad pro. And then to the right of my Pixelbook Go, I have my Apple trackpad, my magic trackpad. And the reason is, is because now with the new, we just this week got the new iPad OS version. I think it's 13.4. Maybe I'm wrong. And so it has trackpad support like native. It's not an accessibility feature. Literally, as soon as you Damn. pair a pointing You device, get an actual cursor. The cursor's on the screen. Well, it's like a little round boy that floats oh. around and then it conforms to the buttons. So if you move it over a button, it becomes like, oh, I like that. Um, that sounds a rounded great. corner that sounds rectangle over the button. Like It's like a touch interface still, but your finger is just now not an actual finger on the screen, but like that makes sense because I, I mean, I started kind of as an accessibility yes. feature or they added it in that way. I think they did that kind of to hide it, but really though, it is actually right. an accessibility uh, thing too, because not everyone can just sit around and like, do this all the time with their finger on their yes. stupid screen. And honestly, I find I am looking forward to try my iPad like that because I honestly find the iPad with the pencil kind of terrible. And this sounds weird, especially coming from my mouth, but like for anything else than drawing, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. I've used it. I've like, you can use your Apple pencil to scroll web pages and Twitter. And sometimes I'll sit there and like scroll with my pencil. And and I always accidentally like things and follow people that I wasn't supposed to follow. Like, I I don't know. It's funny because like my iPad is my my most important tool that I have. And I was thinking about this today because my iPad, I have the second generation iPad Pro. Um so that is now two or three years old. I think two years old. And I'm noticing that it's getting old. Like the battery life's kind of shit and it's kind of slow-ish, and I'm so, so I'm a little bit worried uh, about my iPad because it's like my main money maker, and like the fact that the but the battery is not great anymore makes so much sense because I hardcore use it. You know, like most days I use it multiple hours a day. Um, right. Yeah, I mean, I would not be able to make my money without it. So I would, in a heartbeat, buy a new one, and a new right. one just came out. <laughs> So the new one came out. Well, first, real quick, I just want to say, yes. like, my whole setup now is Chrome OS and iPad OS, and I'm no longer wow involving in my Wait, workflow. Your Chromebook has Windows. Windows, doesn't it? My Chromebook is Chrome but OS. Didn't didn't you have a Windows computer oh, too? No. I do. I have the Surface Pro Seven, but yeah. since I got my new Pixelbook, I haven't pulled it out yet. Interesting. I haven't sort of wanted to or needed to. Um, yeah. It, I don't know if I yeah. will hold on to this device. I- I'll probably keep it around just in case for yeah. a couple months and see. Uh, but I might sell it to my neighbor, you know. Um, but yeah, so I'm doing 100% of my workflow between iPad OS and Chrome OS, and I haven't yet needed to pull out another device. So we'll see. Um, especially with Adobe Illustrator is starting to roll out. Adobe, 
Adobe's starting to roll out the beta for yes. Illustrator for iPad that was announced at Adobe did Max you, last year. Uh, did you DM the guy um, who was like, uh, so DM me if you want to like jump through the line? <laughs> I was going to, but I realized that I'm actually doing that with a couple different pieces of software right now where they're letting me into the beta or even the alpha on some software in order for me to like get on research calls with their teams and like tell them what it needs. And I realized I'm doing that with like a couple things right now. And I was like, I honestly yeah. don't use Illustrator on a daily basis. And so <clears> I would <throat> feel like I'd have to do extra work. Yeah, that's what I did too. To I didn't this. even think about it that way, but that makes so much sense. But um, yeah, I'm really excited for it, but I'm also kind of like, not sure about it because I'm kind of I'm I'm kind of on the fence about the whole uh, Illustrator on iPad. You know, I am interested to see how it works. The fact that we now can use a mouse right. is nice because this is the thing. Um, vector tools have existed on iPad for a couple of years now. There is like two or three, um, and they all have their own pros and cons. I think one of the better ones is the one by Affinity. It's like called Affinity Designer. It is both, it's kind of like a Frankenstein between Photoshop and mm -hmm. Illustrator, which makes it confusing. But I'm sure if you use it often, um, you'll get used to it. As, like, I mean, let's get real. Photoshop and Illustrator by itself are also Frankensteins. So like, we're kind of used to the software being bulky and everything. Um, but like, I miss mm -hmm. the extreme preciseness of a mouse with it, with like a vector tool with my pen. Um, when I'm using my right. iPad, I always use Procreate, which is um, a drawing tool that is raster based. Um, one of the things I don't really like about um, drawing on an iPad is that you cannot see your cursor. For instance, if you're using a Wacom, ta Wacom tablet, um, if you're hovering your pen above the screen, you can see where you're, where you're going to place the brush and how big the brush is. So on an iPad, it's kind of like guesswork. Right. You get used to that, and it's fine when you're using uh, raster-based things. You can just go back. But when you're doing um, vector work, you want to be super super uh, precise, or at least I do. And um, a lot of vector shapes, I mean, vectors are based on maths. So you kind of want them to be like on exact points. You don't want them to be like in weird half spots. So the pixels start bleeding. Anyway, technical shit doesn't really matter. But like, I kind of cannot imagine it being nice to work on an iPad with vector tools. So I'm really excited to see what this is going to be like because i'm sure there is gonna there is probably a way to make it like all nice um and i hope they cracked it because a couple of years right. ago they released yeah. um adobe sketch and uh, adobe draw on ipad and one of them was also a vector tool and the way that worked was it worked with blobs so it would always fill and so you couldn't work with lines and I really liked that software and it worked really well, but I could not use it for production work, which is fine because it was kind of like a test thing. So I'm wondering right. if it's going to be like that or not like that at all whatsoever. I saw a lot of demos at Adobe Max and it seemed like pretty good. It's just like 
Photoshop for iPad, which is it good. Obviously, doesn't have all the features that yeah. Photoshop for desktop has, but it ha- it has a lot. I mean, it had a lot yeah. of functionality, and so when I saw the demos for Adobe Illustrator for iPad, also yeah, exactly because Adobe Draw just felt like a little like corner to try out whatever how the work would work, or like I think that was actually also what they did was kind of like experimental yeah. software to see and feel what it could be like. Um, but like for instance, when I think about Photoshop, like the iPad makes so much sense because a lot of people do like photo editing in there. Like it makes a lot of sense to do that with a pencil, but like just factor work. I don't know. Anyway, um, I signed up for the beta beta. It's Friday. It's late. Sorry. Um, and I, I, I'm excited to try it and I will definitely report back um, on what my feelings are about it when we get access. Same. So Apple updated the iPad Pro this year, just this week, and uh, it looks almost identical to last year's um, iPad Pros. Um, Same space gray, same silver choice, no new colors, same form factor. Um, They added more RAM. Uh, Some tech YouTubers are saying that there's different amounts of RAM depending on the price point, but that's not on Apple's website, and they're also not answering that question when they ask. So it will be, I think, worth it your while if you're going to, based on the speculation right now, to go for the higher storage size iPad because it will have more RAM, supposedly. Those are rumors. They also upped all the storage points. You can get like a terabyte or two, I think. It's like huge. Um, Same size. There's the 11 inch and then 12.9 inch, 8 inch. I can't even remember what they're doing now. Um, Yeah. But they added a LiDAR camera for AR stuff. And all the... I mean, I still don't... They're doubling down on it, aren't they? AR myself. They're, tri- they're tripling. Yeah, I mean, like, they're really, really care. I think we had a little conversation Ooh. in Discord of, like, do we all expect to see this on the next iPhone? Maybe. Oh probably. Oh, my God. This, it, interesting, though. Like, I think next stuff is actually going to happen on... then. And, I mean, like, they have been fucking us in our assholes with the exi- with the insane prices anyway. So give me a fucking LiDAR camera <laughs> then, too. Fucking hell. I don't know why I would need it if I'm not using AR stuff. But I think this might be one of those things exactly. where once the technology is in everyone's hands... Then there are more 3D is going to be the future. Developers to spend the time building, (laughs) so we might. I think we'll see really cool tech that we're all going to want to use based on our phones having stuff like lidar in them, or other technology that other OEMs use to make AR better. Like I just feel like there will be something that will show up that it'll be like, I see, I get it now. I get why ARs huge and important and why apple put all this r&d into it but right now i'm just like okay the case doesn't come out till may and so all the the review youtubers all the like tech journalists haven't gotten their hands on it yet but in the middle bottom yeah. of the ipad so right above the yeah. the C port on the back mm-hmm. there's like three metal like circles and there's a the smart connector it used to be on the side of the iPad and they moved to the back. The smart connector connects in this case to it so that the case can deliver power to the iPad without using the USB-C port. And so the case has a USB-C port for charging in the hinge. 
So you can plug USB-C on the left side and charge your iPad through the wow. smart on the back. And they're actually the turning USB-C it into a computer. for accessories. Yes. And the new... The I new saw case that. has this I was wondering how crazy, that like, feel floating IRL. hinge situation. That free yeah. iPad case up till now. Yeah. You could flip it around and tuck it. And then you can lay the whole thing Interesting. down. Interesting. Yeah, I was wondering how it would, doesn't like, look like would you your iPad that. always be floating? It's either, yes, it's either floating or closed. And there's no, like, lay flat option. Yeah, for me, like, that would be but a, nobody a deal breaker. Gotten it's to like, I need it, like, flat-ish on an angle or something but honestly i do yeah yeah and i have like a an ipad stand made for people who do illustration so it's like i can like put it on an angle which is really nice um but yeah i don't know the thing is so i've been considering maybe getting a new ipad before the other one runs out because that would be heartbreaking um but but when a new iPad comes out, I'm always also interested in maybe the like previous right. version. So the iPad I have will work with this new keyboard case. case. That's why it's so yeah, exciting it's really to me. Expensive. I can spend $300. It is expensive. On the case, I guess the thing that yeah. is really important to people that I didn't even mention. <laughs> it's all coming together, is it not? I could spend $300 yes. this year and bring sort exactly. of new life to my existing iPad without having to buy a whole new iPad. And I think that's really nice because Yo, I, they can't expect me to buy how ex- a $1,000 How expensive iPad iPads are now. And that's, that's the thing that I'm kind of like iffy <laughs> about. Yeah, I make all my money on it. Yeah, it's worth the price. Yeah, I will buy a new one. Um, but I'm not really that excited to spend that much money again because I right. feel like uh, every six months I've been spending that amount on like some sort of tech object. My PC, then my new laptop, then my iPhone. Like, fucking hell. Right. Like, does it ever stop? <laughs> I think the Apple fanboys argument for this is you could spend, yeah. I don't know, twelve to $1,500 on iPad and accessories yeah. Yeah. and not spend that on a $3,000 MacBook Pro. And if you think of it that way, yeah. you're like, oh, it's pretty cheap yeah. to like, especially how powerful the iPads are getting. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't think... Yeah. I think we talked about this when we were talking about Owen's Pixelbook Go that he had for a little while. I don't think I'll ever spend yeah. more than, like, twelve to $1,500 on a computer again. Like, there's there's nothing exactly. that I... I was actually using my, my old MacBook today because MacBook I was, Pro like, for looking anymore. for a file. And it's so bulky, heavy, disgustingly annoying, honestly. Like, it's so humongous. <laughs> Ugh, I uh, cannot believe that I was like luring that around every day. Anyway, yeah, yeah I think th- it's going to be interesting. I will tell you guys when and if I get anyway, a new iPad yeah. and if I'll go for the LiDAR one or the non-LiDAR one. The thing is, yeah, I mean, I don't use the fucking thing for anything other than drawing. Yeah. Like I've tried using it for like watching videos or something, but because of the battery life of the thing, after two years using it like vigorously it's not really an option without it being connected to power and it's already like i have to charge it already every day or like more than once um so it's just not worth the hustle uh, the hassle not the hustle it's just drawing for me so it feels kind of strange to basically buy a one trick pony device i would say though try pairing 
a trackpad or mouse to it and see if you feel differently because oh. it really has been nice to have my magic trackpad yeah. and just so that is the one thing that was brought yeah. up by the verge is if you've used a mac before if you yeah. use mac os it's going to be super intuitive you pair the trackpad and Almost everything works. The oh, way that's you I just really good to hear. Very, I'm really it happy just to happens. Hear. You're like, oh yeah, this is how I navigate this. And there are a couple new gestures, just because there were yeah. like pinch and zoom gestures that you did with yeah. your fingers. Now you do them with the trackpad, so they're a little bit different, like different finger combination swipes. But they did say that people that are coming to this and have never had Mac OS, it's a there's a little bit of a learning curve. They said, yeah. I, I don't. I can't imagine it because I'm just used to Max, but apparently that is something they flagged as like if you pair a trackpad to your iPad. Yeah, I can imagine because they Apple are kind iPad, of um, there's like some pre knowledge that they are expecting you to have. Um, I guess it's a pretty rare combination to have a Windows computer and a yeah um, a iPad. Um, I don't know that that's true. Like I, I feel like. Yeah. Lots of people use Windows and then we're like, true, that's true. You're right. I don't know. We'll see. No brainer Um, to go iPad for such a long time. So, yeah, I am not looking forward to spending a bunch of money on that, especially in these insecure times. But, um, yeah, I don't know. If if my iPad breaks tomorrow, I buy a new (laughs) one in a heartbeat. Yeah. If you're in the market for a new MacBook Air, now's the time. But I would also say that maybe get an iPad with that new case and trackpad if. If that's what if you're in the market for a MacBook Air, maybe an iPad. It does the only all the thing that you need. could be. A and fun I think you told me about this, and I'm still pissed about it. Sorry, go ahead. Why is this fucking camera still not in the right position? Or I, I just can't believe they didn't just put. Yeah, another I mean, camera. Apple loves being extra, like that, putting one three on cameras the in one phone, top and one or on actually five top. or something. Um, so why not there? Yeah, it fucking doesn't make any yeah. sense. To, so House Party is on every platform, and so I put it on my iPad because I was like, my iPad's next to me while I'm working. It doesn't necessarily have to be my YouTube Netflix device. I can also have House Party open on one screen yeah. and then be working I, like, on my Pixelbook. And, and it makes it even worse when you're charging the spot. button thing. Yeah. Yeah. I would recommend trying yeah, that's a really the good idea. Chrome extension for House Party. And you yeah, can do my it. My iPhone has been falling computer. over so much. That's what I've been doing a lot. Yes. But everyone's bored, so. <laughs> yeah. Okay. This is a super long episode. We, two weeks ago, yes. teased the idea of doing like a live co work in Discord. For all of our wonderful listeners, and yeah, let, um, let us know I if you're also keen. We then we'll just yet, set it up. I still want to. We'll make it so Owen can join, and that adds the whole East yes. Coast. And then if we just go for a couple hours, then people on the West Coast can join too. So we will um, make that announcement in Discord. So join us in Discord. The link will be in the show notes. You can email us at highchargepodcast.com. You can leave a voice message, and um, uh, Those were the things. I will see you in house party in five minutes. Bye. Stay safe and healthy, everybody. <laughs> Bye, <Bye-bye>. Biscuits. <laughs>